Chapter 5 of Rival Pictures of Oakdale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Donald Cummings. Rival Pictures of Oakdale by Morgan Scott. Chapter 5 Hooker's Motorcycle. Thus began the friendship between Roy Hooker and Herbert Ratcliffe. Henceforth, they were seen together a great deal. They came out to watch the nine practice, but Hooker no longer wore his baseball suit, and he sat on the bleachers with Herbert, the two talking together in guarded tones. No one paid much attention to them, for most boys held very decided opinions, which were far from favorable, of a chap who would show the disposition Hooker had so plainly betrayed, and Ratcliffe had never revealed an inclination to seek popularity among his schoolmates. Roy was the owner of a second-hand motorcycle, which his father had given him at Christmas time, a present that had filled him with keen delight and intense satisfaction, in the knowledge that it would cause him to be envied by less fortunate lads. It was necessary, however, to tinker a great deal over the machine, to keep it in running order, and the joshing flung at him by the Oakdale lads whenever he had a breakdown had been anything but balm to his irritable nature confound the thing he cried after fussing with it a long time one night while ratcliffe his creased trousers carefully pulled up to prevent bagging at the knees sat on a box nearby in the open door of the carriage house smoking cigarettes i don't believe it's any good the old man got soaked it seems harder to work to keep the thing going than to pump an ordinary bike said herbert and it's too strenuous for me though i learned to ride once Oh, regular bicycles are back numbers now. I could have a ripping lot of fun if I could make this machine go. Never saw anything so contrary. Sometimes it starts off and behaves fine for a little while, and I think it's all right. Just when I get to thinking that, it kicks up and leaves me a mile or two away from home, and I have to push or pedal it back. That's what makes me sore. If I try to sneak in by some back way, somebody is sure to see me and give me the ha-ha. Like automobiles, observed Herbert, after letting a little smoke drift through his nose, they're all right when they go, and a perfect nuisance when they don't. Now look at yourself, Roy, old fellow. Your hands are covered with grease, and you've got a black streak across your nose, and you're all fretted up. Drat the old thing, snarled Hooker giving the rear tire a kick. It's just simply contrary, that's all. There's only one person in town who knows anything about gas engines, and he's Urian Elliott's chauffeur. I suppose I could get him to tinker this contraption up if I only was chummy with Roger. Anyway, said Herbert, I think it would shake one up fairfully riding over these rough country roads. We have some roads around Boston. Oh, a fella can pick his way along pretty well after our roads get settled. Of course, they're no macadamized boulevards. It's lots of sport, and one can get around almost anywhere he wants to. As long as I'm not going to be on the baseball team, I might use it to run over to Barville, or Wyndham, or Clareport to see the games. So you're going to chase the games up, are you? laughed Ratcliffe. I thought perhaps you'd be so sore you'd keep away from them. What? and lose a chance of seeing Oakdale beaten? Well, I wouldn't miss that first game with Barville for anything. But you don't have to go out of town to see that game. 
Give it to me straight, Roy. Is that feller Sanger really much of a pitcher? Of course, I know Roberts would blow about him, but what do you think? He was green the first of last season, and with a poor catcher to hold him, he didn't show up very strong. But it's a fact that Wyndham, the fastest team in these parts, only got three clean hits off of him the last game he pitched. Well, he'll have a catcher that can hold him this year, declared the city lad. Newt Copley's a bird. He can throw to bases, too. It's rank suicide for runners to try and steal on him. Then you should see him work a batter. Gets right under the man's club and talks to him in a low tone, telling him how rotten he is and all that, until he has the fellow swinging like a gate at every old thing that comes over, and the way he can touch a bat with his mitt and deflect it on the third strike without being detected by the umpire is wonderful. He's great for kicking up a rumpus in a game, but he enjoys it, for he'd rather fight than eat. He hadn't better try anything like that on Rod Grant. Oh, I don't know, murmured Radcliffe. Copley's a scrapper, and he can handle his dukes. He has science, and it's my opinion he'd eat your cowboy alive. Hooker shook his head. You never saw Grant when his blood was up. I have, and he's a perfect fury. They say his old man was a great fighter, and that he's been all shot and cut to pieces. I wouldn't buck up against the Texan for anything. With which confession, Hooker resumed his tinkering on the motorcycle. After a while, the switch on, he bestrode the thing and started to pump it down the slight in-line toward the street. Suddenly, to Roy's delight, the motor began to fire, and, with a shout of satisfaction, he turned up the street and disappeared from view. In something like five minutes, Ratcliffe, smoking his tenth cigarette since seating himself on the box, heard the repeated explosions of the motorcycle, and Roy, his face beaming with satisfaction, reappeared, came triumphantly up the rise, and leaped off. "'She goes like a bird!' he cried. "'What did you do to it?' asked Herbert. "'I wish I knew. I just tinkered with the wires a bit. That was the last thing I did. But I'd been at everything else I could think of, so I don't know what it was that sent her off. If she'll only keep going, I don't care either. Never knew the thing to run better. Say, Herbert, it's fine. Don't you want to try it? Oh, I don't believe I do. I'd break my neck. Pah! Tain't no trick at all. I can show you how to start her and stop her, and, if you can ride an ordinary bicycle, you'll find it a cinch to ride this. Come on. Afraid? Oh, no, said Ratcliffe, rising and snapping aside the butt of his cigarette. But I should hate to get very far and have it stop on me. You don't have to go very far. Just try her through Middle Street up Main, back along High, and down Willow, and here you are. Herbert looked dubious, but finally, after his companion had chaffed him for a while, he agreed to make the venture. Roy gave full and complete directions about the manipulation of the motorcycle, and Ratcliffe, a trifle pale, finally mounted it and started down the incline. Turn the handles from you, shouted Roy. Give her a little gas. There she goes. Now you're off. Now I'm on, muttered Herbert, as the engine began popping away beneath him, but I may be off directly. Turning into the street, he barely escaped the gutter at the far side, and away he went, watched by Hooker, who had run out to the sidewalk. Remembering instructions, and following them faithfully, Ratcliffe speeded up the engine, or slowed it down, as he desired, and soon his confidence rose. One of the street crossings gave him a bump that nearly threw him off, but he was prepared for the next, 
and took it easily. In a brief time, he had covered the course laid out for him by his friend, and found himself back at Hooker's home, where he promptly shut off the gas, switched the spark, and, a little flushed, swung himself to the ground ere the machine fully stopped. "'Say, it is rather nifty,' he beamed. "'It's got ordinary hiking beaten to death. Don't know, but I'd like to have one of the things myself. Never supposed I could ride one. But it isn't such a trick after all.' "'Of course it isn't,' agreed Hooker. "'And I suppose, after I get on to the knack of it, I won't have any trouble keeping her running. "'If you don't mind, I think I'll practice on it a little now and then. "'Perhaps I might induce the governor to give me one, "'by way of atonement for his heartless treatment in sending me down here to school.' "'Why, yes, you can practice up on mine,' consented Roy slowly, "'a sudden troubled look coming to his face.' But I suppose if you got one, it would be new and up-to-date, and make me feel ashamed of mine. Oh, come off, smiled Herbert soothingly. If I had one, we could pike around to the baseball games together, and we might be able to pick up a little easy money by betting on them. If we ever found anybody who had the nerve to bet with us, I kept myself supplied with pocket money in that fashion last year. Occasionally made a little something playing poker. But the games were always so small, a fellow couldn't do much at them. Didn't you ever lose? Well, not very often. I didn't bet to lose. I know, but how could you be sure of winning? Ratcliffe winked languidly and wisely. As I told that chap from Barville, the fellow who bets on sympathy or loyalty is a chump. I always investigate matters pretty thoroughly, and then pick the side I believe has every prospect of winning. Sometimes it's possible to help one team or another along on the quiet. I'd like to know what Newt Copley thinks of the Barville Nine. I'd depend on his judgment. I've got a tenor I'd like to set to work to double itself. You always have plenty of money, said Roy enviously. I never had ten whole dollars at one time in my life. My poor, poverty-stricken comrade, murmured Herbert, preparing to light a fresh cigarette. I sympathize with you. Follow my lead. And you'll wear diamonds. End of chapter five. Recording by Donald Cummings, Monroe, Connecticut.